Hi there. Welcome to A Creative Affair, a collection of conversations exploring creativity uh, through the art of photography and uh, so many other creative passions. I am Len, a lifelong professional educator. The first place I really discovered my love for teaching was at Chicola in the Kangaroo Valley, just a couple of hours south of Sydney in Australia. I was straight out of school. It was my first real job. It was the first time I paid any attention to the act of teaching, learning, and facilitation. I fell into education so easily, it took over my life. In fact, I actually uh, I started failing art school a couple of years later because uh, education was so important to me. Besides, all, of all the fun stuff I got to teach, like a rock climbing and cliff rescue, canoeing, caving, high ropes courses, uh, I also loved teaching leadership, teamwork, and interpersonal skills. Do you know, it's been a lifelong love. Teaching is a creative act, dreaming up ways to teach and to help people learn. It's a passion I've managed to keep alive and fresh my whole life. That's beautiful. That's a lot of things to do, Len. <laughs> <laughs> it is, isn't it? It's so exciting. Yes. Yes, it's venturesome. Well, I'm Bree. I am a photographer, a nature lover, a hiker, a mom, so many other things. But I'm also a coach for creatives and a scuba diver. <laughs> yep, I'm scuba certified and I've been diving in Spain, Mexico, and Hawaii, and I'm hoping to go to so many other uh, places in the future. So I actually was a little scared to do it. My husband convinced me to do the training and to be his buddy. And actually for the first few times, and <laughs> I was just trying not to die. <laughs> <laughs> I especially remember going in Spain and the Mediterranean it was so cold because it was not the right season. And, um, and I really, I really struggled on that dive. Um, but now I now I I'm more comfortable with it, and I can just relax and go enjoy this underwater world where I get to um, witness a new place. Right, the underwater mm. is so different than than the land. It's really amazing, and I'm finding that experiences like that. Um, shake me out of my comfort zone and and inspire me in new ways and I really that's why I say yes to those kinds of things I'm like okay I'm I'm a little scared of that but I will try it anyway so and I think that goes right along with today's topic is keeping our creative romance alive <laughs> we could talk about fears <laughs> it a little bit so Len how do you keep your creative romance alive? I, well, your little story, your introductory <laughs> story there, uh, nails something for me personally too, that uh, exploring and uh, trying new experiences, uh, uh, experimenting and taking risks in, in things outside 
of uh, my creative endeavours that I, I pursue re- relentlessly, uh, they keep me inspired. Uh, I, this uh, being fresh and, and trying these things, like what you're talking about with uh, coming to ease with the underworld of, underwater world, uh, learning to go through that experience of fear, uh, overcoming mm-hmm. it, and then uh, uh, obviously getting obsessed by the, the the gorgeous beauty of the underwater world, uh, uh, and then uh, once you settle in that, um, it becomes a, an incredibly inspiring place for you. And uh, um, not that you're you, you, you're racing to take your camera underwater, but uh, <laughs> uh, it, I think that. Um, stirring up those emotions in us uh, regularly and uh, imagine everything that's going on um, or, or revisit them for you, Bree, uh, in that experience of, of overcoming your fear and then uh, settling into it and, uh, and then now absolutely loving and enjoying that, that that uh, motivates you to, to keep doing that as a as a process and uh, finding that in your art. Now, uh, am I onto something there, Brie? Yeah, well, I was just thinking, and this is kind of what we do in this conversation is we have new ideas, which is part of like being creative. And I was just thinking, I haven't gone scuba diving since I really have been digging into... Um, all of my work with my photography and uh and I'm wondering how that like now I'm thinking about my experiences and how that could possibly influence my work and also what the next time I go the the art that I'm doing now and the and all of the different ways I'm learning how to see the world and uh, because of what I'm doing, how that will also influence how I see the, uh, you know, the un- this underwater world too. And so I think like that it, it keeps moving like that. We have new ideas that, um, that, you know, move us forward to do something new. And then we have more new ideas that, that influence other parts of our lives. And I think that's, I think that's really like super interesting. Can I just go backwards for a little bit? Um, we're not number, (laughs) we're actually not numbering these episodes for a specific reason, because we really are hoping that they're standalone episodes that you can, um, that our listeners can just, uh, pull one out and listen to that, listen to it as, as you feel inspired to do. And you can listen to them in any order. Um, it doesn't, it doesn't matter because they don't, they're, they're going to be published in a specific, in a certain order, but you don't have to listen to them in any order. But the last episode that we recorded is was about creative blocks. And I just wanted to like review that really fast for anyone who hasn't listened to it. And I will, um, you can either go backwards and whatever uh, um, uh, podcast app you're listening in, um, or I'll put it in the show notes. And, uh, and you can just click on that if you'd like to listen, um, if you'd like to listen to that one as well. But we talked about creative blocks. How do we know we're experiencing a creative block, some things that cause them, and then also some 
ways that like briefly some ways we can get out of them. So, um, so you can go backwards and kind of listen to that, but we talked a little bit about, um, um, limiting beliefs, right. And some external reasons, um, it just some of the, some of the ways that, the, uh, that our thoughts or our emotions or things that are happening in our world can really affect us, you know, in a creative way. And this episode is to really expand on that and say, and, and tap into how do we really do that? We understand we're having a creative block or even if you're not creating a block, how do you keep it? How do you keep that creativity moving, you know, moving you forward, like uh, propelled forward? I don't know. Does that sound right? Maybe, uh, <laughs> maybe I could reword that in a different way, but you know, um, so that's what we want to talk about is keeping our creativity flowing, whether we're feeling blocked or whether we're not. So for either way. So I just, mm. I just wanted to, I just wanted to reference that. Um, and, and that's, and, a, go ahead. Oh, the, well, the reference is how to keep our, our creative romance alive, how to, how to keep going. Or uh, once we, if leaving our, our blocks behind, we're, 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 this episode, we're really concentrating on uh, what we can do to keep going or to maybe even to find it or even understand that it comes in waves and, and comes and goes. That's a fantastic thing. And uh, isn't it beautiful that we don't number our episodes? Because that's what creativity is like, isn't it? it, it we jump all over the place and uh, we don't need to do everything in a set specific order. Now, I love that. that we, you can just dive in, uh, search through and go, oh, that one sounds interesting. I'm going to go and yeah. listen to that. So. I want to learn about goals. I want to listen about goals. Let's do that. Yeah, when you're um, ready, it jumps out to you from the page, doesn't it? Yeah, it's very much yeah. about um, uh, the right lesson appears at the right moment for us. And uh, what what I actually love doing is listening to things, just listening to them on the surface. This is so not what we had written down, but I love listening to the, I, I love just going through and doing a once over listen, kind of like a book and then going back and like really doing a deep dive into a specific, um, into a specific topic. And um, so that I have kind of an overview of what, uh, of you know, maybe a book or even, you know, I mean, even a podcast, if there's a podcast episode I'm really interested in, I'll listen to it once over to get, have the understanding. And then I'll really dive back in to do some real learning. And so we're hoping that that's what it's like for our listeners, that you, that, that these will be, um, that these will be conversations you can do that with. And then, you can also take these and have other conversations with other people, so which we always encourage people to do. So, yes, and, and to follow our creativity. Right, and so one of the things that we talked about, just to kind of um, you know hit the hit the tail end of those creative blocks, one of the things that we talked about, if you're having a creative block, is really just allowing it to. To allowing yourself to not even feel like you're creative at the moment. And 
that is actually one way I believe that we keep our creativity like alive and our connection with creativity is just saying, I don't, it's just allowing that space for ourselves to say, I don't really feel creative at this moment and then not having the judgment, but knowing that, um, knowing it's going to come back or that it will just flow back to you, which is what you talked about in waves. And, and I have written down here, like, stop avoiding, like, we don't, you don't want to avoid the confrontation with yourself. Like that, that says, I think sometimes we avoid thinking that we're not like being creative. Right. Mm -hmm. And you just, just listen just you just listen to what your mind has to say about what's happening for you, um, and this uh, like I read my wrote down here. Have a conversation with it. You can like <laughs> literally talk out loud to what's to your mind and have this conversation. Hey, what's going on? How come we're not feeling so creative, <laughs> right? And just watch <laughs> yourself. Like really get in touch with like what is going on for you, and you don't want to reason with it. You just want to hear what's happening and listen to it, allow it to be there. And then the magic is when you do that and you hear what you hear it, you'll just move on. Like I really believe, I have this really firm belief that once we listen to what our brain is trying to tell us and kind of give, and give it that space um, to say what it needs to, then it'll just kind of disappear a little bit and and we'll be able to move on and to be in the creative space that we want to so well sometimes um when we do have that conversation uh the answer comes out that we actually have to go and do something about it uh, yes we might be stuck on something or we're, we're thinking about something obsessively or uh, there's a to-do list that we need to to go and fix um, there's a bill that we need to pay or that email that we need to write. And uh, I've been stuck on those for days creatively um, and in that bottom of that wave. And uh, fascinatingly, the, the moment I actually addressed it, as, as you're saying, actually reason with it uh, and deal with it, uh, the moment I wrote that email and sent it off or actually cleaned that thing out of my life and, and sorted it out, um, the creativity rushed back in, into me in a floodgate absolute hmm. flood of um, uh, of a passionate moment. And uh, I can date and timestamp those moments. And uh, they just come in. And uh, uh, one way of thinking about it is I'm preparing myself for that moment. And uh, I actually need that downtime uh, as well. Uh, but I, I think uh, uh, allowing it, Understanding that it comes and goes is very much part of that process, isn't it, Bree? That uh, it's not on all the time, and uh, uh, to, for it to be on the time, we have to stay in that zone um, uh, and uh, somewhat isolated from the rest of our lives, and that's probably quite impossible. Uh, well, it is for me, and maybe I shouldn't talk for other people. So I, I allow myself to, to, um, and that's why I call it a wave, come in and out of these creative moments in my life. Um, I find that when, 
when I am a being creative and creative can look, um, I just want to like shout out to one of our listeners, Jeannie, she messaged me and, and we just had this lovely, um, she messaged us and we had this lovely conversation about what it means to be creative and are we actually creating something? And it, I, Jeannie, what, what, uh, what I messaged back and said, it's, it's a mindset. Like this is a way of being right. And if we really believe that we are creative people doing creative things, like if we believe that that's our way of being, we don't have to actually be doing it all the time, right? It's just who we are and we can tap into it at any time that we want or need to, right? And that is what this conversation is about like how do we keep that alive so that we can tap into it whenever we want to and i want to go back to what you were saying lynn that this is kind of a um being a creative person is is a holistic like we can't in our we can't separate our art from our regular other personal life, like um, like our relationships or our finances or um, any, uh, like maybe we have regular jobs and we're not photographers, right? And so, or like, you know, professionals or whatever. So all of those things combined and are combined into who we are. Like I don't separate out those things, all of those things. I don't separate my person into separate categories. It's just just all of it is who I am. And when we find that we want to create, but are maybe, um, uh, we're not able to do it when we are not able to access it right away. Maybe it, there's a cause like some sort of other life cause. And so like back to you, what you said, Len, is there's something that maybe we need to address like a bill. <laughs> <laughs> we hate, we right. all hate those. We all right. hate them. <laughs> or even, like, I just want to say, like, it could even be something that we've created for ourselves. Like, um, I've, I want like uh, I I remember wanting to write a blog post and I procrastinated and procrastinated it and no one created this for me except myself like no one right <laughs> so but I had thoughts about myself and about my own writing and about that I wasn't setting aside time or wasn't doing it when I put aside the time and all of those thoughts were actually like just keeping me from doing being creative and then sometimes when I would go and like go to edit an image. I'm touching my computer. I'm touchy. So I'm touching my computer. <laughs> That's where they're stored. Um, I would go to edit an image and I would like, I would like judge myself. Oh, I can't do this right now because I'm supposed to write this blog post, even though I'm the one that created it for myself. And I guess my point is like, we, like we do this, some of the things we do to ourselves. And if I would have just said, who cares if I write the blog post or sat down and write the blog post, and then that would free my brain up to do the image. Or I could say, who cares? I'm just going to write my blog post. I'm just going to do my image and then I can do my blog post whenever I want. Like those kinds of things too. <laughs> so not doing the image and working on the blog post might have been a, the block 
um, mm-hmm. that you were thinking about because you had an idea about that image that you really needed to attend to right that moment. And you need, uh, well, I need, and I'd imagine you might be like this too, but I really don't know, Bree. but uh, I have to have a totally clear head to write as I do to create and I have to be able to follow these inspirations at the at that time and uh, procrastinating is an important part of the process uh, when it's not in an unhealthy manner when it's a it's a healthy pause and uh, <laughs> you're ruminating and thinking about things and uh, letting them uh, sit still for a, a period of time so that uh, our subconscious can work on it uh, I'm a really great believer that uh, we have our consciousness and our subconsciousness working on things in cahoots together. And uh, uh, so much also happens while we sleep or while we're doing other things. So while you were processing that photo, um, your subconscious might have been working on the article that you needed to write. Uh, you might have even been doing Possibly, it consciously. Yeah. You might have even been going through the words and and uh, still playing with little sentences or little ideas in your mind as you're doing something that you can do that's quite comfortable and enjoyable that maybe isn't as confronting. Uh, you may have also chosen to, to go down the path of working on your photo because uh, it's uh, going to be an enjoyable and rewarding experience before you tackle something that maybe is a little bit harder. And uh, a little uncomfortable because I oh, partially yes. have a belief. Yes, I partially have a belief that I'm trying, I'm actually trying to work my way around, like work. I'm trying to coach myself <laughs> because I think that that belief is not serving me in a way that um, it, it's not really helping me. And so my belief is like that I'm not a good writer. Uh, and if I sit down to edit an image, then I'm like, well, of course I'm going to edit an image. That's way more fun than doing <laughs> writing because I'm not a good writer. Right. Um, and so I would say this, it doesn't matter what kind of art you pra- you know you practice i really think these kinds of these kinds of all of these things kind of creep in to our minds and i i i really love some of the the things you said len i'm going to i'm going to um i'm going to have to go play this back for myself when i'm going to write just to see <laughs> if like i really i'm going to tap into myself next time i do that because i'm like well i have things to say and i want to write a blog post but at the same time it's kind of uncomfortable <laughs> so <laughs> so what is that like what is it trying to, to say for me so anyway but <laughs> i i have to share something here with you and and our listeners that uh i also um struggle with writing uh, i i have a, a a very strong mental block about not being good at english uh, not being good at spelling uh, i've i failed um english at high school virtually uh my English marks held me back. They, they stopped me going from certain schools. And uh, I, I'm absolutely flabbergasted to think that I've actually written a master's degree thesis and uh, uh, written a book and uh, have written hundreds of articles on uh, creativity and photography uh, to get through this block um, and actually figure out 
that I could actually write. And I still put that wall up today. And uh, for me to actually write an article, uh, a forward of, of something, uh, an email even, I actually have to have, have a totally clear palette, uh, a clear plate. Uh, it has to have uh, no aftertaste in there. Uh, there has to be a, a clear mental state so I can put that considerable amount of energy that it, it takes me to work in that thing because I've got this big block about uh, that I can't do it. And uh, no matter how much I dismantle it and, and prove it to myself, do you know, Brie, it still lingers there. And I, I'm, I'm embarrassed to say that it still lingers there, but it, it, it is. And uh, uh, I, I, I can't believe that I've actually even been managed to do those things in my life. Um, and the next article I write, it, it will be a, a, another big week where I have to create space and think about it for a long period of time and put that aside to actually make it happen. So... Well, this is something we should talk about this one day uh, about um, <laughs> writing because it's a creative act and uh, uh, as is living and speaking and daydreaming and writing music or, or, or working on our photos, they're all different types of creative acts. For sure. Uh, and it sounds like we're, we're both living through a similar experience of uh, trying to overcome uh, a limiting belief that we've... Uh, that, uh, we have about ourselves. Right. All the writers out there are going, I can't believe this. No. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe it takes them so long. <laughs> yeah. <It's> and I, <laughs> I was going to say, it's um, really fascinating that um, some of the books on creativity and, and uh, uh, getting through writer's block and uh, be remaining creative are actually written by writers. Uh, that's absolutely uh, amazing. Uh, the Artist's Way by um, Julia Cameron is one that comes uh, straight to mind in that uh, absolute classic uh, book on being an artist, uh, maintaining a creative life, uh, written by some, an author that's written uh, uh, many, many wonderful books. Fascinating. Absolutely fascinating. I've heard of the book, but I haven't read it, and um, and so I'm going to put that on my list. So thank you for sharing that. I'll I'll put a link to that to that book in the show notes. Um, I don't know where I'll link to. We don't maybe <laughs> Amazon. We don't earn any money from that or any of this. So, so. Um, <laughs> while we're on that book, and uh, uh, one of the points that we've been talking, um, we're we're planning on talking about in this episode. Uh, is walking, and uh, uh, that book is uh, 30 years old. She's recently written a book about uh, the artist's way for retirees, and I grabbed it off the shelf and, and, and dragged it home. And, you know, she'd added a new chapter uh, from taking all her ideas, and her new chapter was about walking. Fabulous. And, uh, and, for retirees, uh, huh? Yeah, and uh, <laughs> it's on our list uh, today for things that we can do to keep the passion alive, to keep the romance alive, to keep our, our, our romance flowing is the act of walking. And uh, yeah. uh, uh, Julia um, talks about it in uh, uh, later versions of, of what she's been uh, discussing. 
Why is walking important for you, Brie? <laughs> well, I find that, well, I love hiking and being out in nature and just like clearing my head. In fact, my husband walks all the time. He, like it's kind of like an evening ritual. And I think it helps him decompress um, and just kind of clear his mind from the day. And I find that too. And I really like going out just to think and to, I feel like I'm, when I'm walking, I have all these thoughts that are running around in my mind and the walking somehow helps me sift through them and put some of those ones that aren't important kind of aside and that leaves space for new ones to come in um and so i, I actually found um my my friend messaged me she's like do you know walking boosts your creativity and i said what <laughs> so i don't actually know any of the science behind this um and i'll link to an article in the show notes about this so i have a little quote from uh anyway from a link that has the article um and it, it says this, this study, so there's a study about walking and creativity, found that walking indoors or outdoors, it doesn't actually matter. It's just the actual walking. So it found that walking indoors or outdoors similarly boosted creative inspiration. The act of walking itself and not the environment was the main factor Across the board, creativity levels were consistently at significantly higher for those walking compared to those sitting. Okay, mm. all you landscape photographers that say you need the nature, amen. <laughs> we're all there. All of us are with you on that. Like there is something about the nature and the fresh air. But part of it is this, the act of the walking was the main factor. So we'll have to go back and actually do the science, but I imagine it's the blood moving. Um, maybe it's the oxygen levels. If somebody is oh. like a scientist and knows exactly how this works, please let me know. Um, well. It's obviously healthy for us, right? Uh, I first discovered there was something special um, with walking. Uh, in my uh, part of my career, I was an adventure therapist and I worked with uh, out, uh, in the outdoors using the outdoor medium uh, as a way of counseling and counseling and therapy with uh, disadvantaged youth. And I used to work with uh, victims of uh, uh, not victims uh, of, of fires who'd suffered from burns. Uh, I worked with kids with um, uh, medical disabilities and uh, helping them to overcome them, and also ones with psychological problems. Anyway, mm. uh, I discovered, and it's common knowledge, I didn't understand this, but uh, when I was walking with someone and talking, that uh, these kids opened up to me, that mm. while they were walking, there was a, a part of their brain is engaged with the act of walking. So the, the part of our brain gets switched over on concentrating and it, that's, there's so many things involved in it, isn't there? Sight, we've got to um, look ahead and we have to remember where our steps are going to be. Uh, 
as we're walking and make sure we've got a clear path. We have to keep our muscles. We, we use thousands or hundreds of muscles just in every step. Uh, there's breathing, there's moving our um, body, keeping our balance. Uh, and we're, we, we get into this beautiful rhythm and breathing. Uh, and while we're in that state, uh, because that part of our brain is engaged, uh, it takes away some of our filters. And uh, these children and teenagers uh, opened up to me and you could have the most fascinating and uh, beautiful conversations uh, while they while they were actually walking, and that was the first time I realised that the walking did something other than just physical exercise. That it was uh, uh, indeed related to brain function, and allowed me to to think about things um, so much more clearly and to sort things out. I use walking as my own form of counselling today. So if I have a um, a stressful problem. Uh, I go out and walk it, walk it out, and uh, sometimes I combine it with a phone call to somebody to to talk it out at the same time, and uh, I find it so so effective. That's my number one go to fix things is go for a walk. Uh, absolutely uh, magical. So. Uh, uh, I find that uh, just going for a walk when I'm in a good mood and uh, uh, in a creative mood, I come back full of fresh ideas. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So it can work in so many ways. So maybe that's our number one go do. <laughs> <laughs> go for a walk. Like if we had to like say there's one, if you want to, you know, keep creativity going, just go on walks like that. I don't know. For me, that would be actually one of my number ones. Um, I mean, <laughs> yeah. Besides, besides so. looking into why you're maybe feeling like you have a creative block or why you know what the whys of your brain. <laughs> <laughs> but I can figure those out while I'm walking. Like I really do do a lot of self coaching while I'm walking. You do, you know, it's all the same, right? So, um, yeah, self talk. Yeah, it's a, and it's a we place also, to sell out the soft the self talk. For sure, we also wrote down here we have um, play. So we've done a whole episode on play. Um, so I don't know if we need to go into that more, but for sure, going out and just playing, being free and experimenting and having fun with whatever you're doing, you know, whatever art. Maybe maybe you're a writer and you just write weird all kinds of words in a in a, I don't know how you would play as a writer maybe I need to look into that because you know if I don't think I'm a good writer maybe I just need to play with it more um one of my favorite ways to, to play um doesn't actually involve any physicalness whatsoever it actually mm -hmm. involves uh, shutting my eyes and allowing myself um to play in my mind and to fantasize and to imagine things and to explore uh, where my mind can take me. And uh, I find that an incredibly uh, beautiful uh, and very healthy, playful act. And just to uh, explore uh, almost that, it's not a dream space because I, I'm, I'm awake and it's, uh, I'm fully conscious, but uh, uh, I allow my mind to, to wander freely and, and have a play. <laughs> I, 
And if you combine that with walking, ooh, that's a magical combination, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It is, isn't it? <laughs> and I think that's one of the beautiful things about walking, isn't it? Is that our uh, because of that function that I was talking about that uh, engages part of our mind, we do have more playful and more perhaps uh, honest thoughts and ones that are more closely linked to our intuition our, um, mm-hmm. and our unconscious self. Uh, our higher selves, perhaps, depending on how you want to word that. Um, uh, it's a connection. I think it, I think it would be actually really fascinating to know how that all works between our physiological state and our neurological state and how those all connect to make that happen. The The one thing I do know is that it does work. So um, another one is sleep. Mm. And... I think, I think when we're, I know, (laughs) I think when we're not getting, and and I would, I'm going to add, we don't have this on here, but I'm going to add like our food, like our health. When, when we're not like, obviously if we're sick, probably not feeling creative, right? But like, if there's something affecting our health, we might not be as creative or something like we can do, we can actually do for ourselves, right? But sleep, if I personally function so much better when I have the sleep, and um, otherwise my my mind gets tired faster. And I have noticed that I need like all hands on deck <laughs> when mm-hmm. I'm really when I want to be in a really creative space, right? I'm like, okay, I need I need all of my energy because I really think being the act of being creative is also physiological. Like it takes um, it takes all of my body and my brain. And I used to have um, I so I studied music in in college, and I had this flute teacher who would say, if um, if you are not sweating while you are practicing, you're not doing it right. <laughs> and so, <laughs> and, and maybe that's not necessarily being creative, but the, the whole, I mean, in music, we are creating phrasing and we're thinking about how to, you know, how to do so many different things. It's so, I, it's so different than actually photography, but yet it's not. Um, but I loved coming away from my practice sessions feeling um, tired, but also like I just had this big creative session with myself. And I there's no way I can perform on that level if I'm really tired. Do you have different opinions, Len? <laughs> no, I, I'm actually totally in, in agreement. Uh, like always, you, I think we agree on all these things, despite our incredibly diverse backgrounds and uh, where we're coming from, that uh, being uh, picking up when you're talking about sweating and working hard while you're, while you're actually in that creative mode, uh, I find that when I am being highly creative, uh, I am working my ass off and I'm working really, really hard. Um, uh, as a photographer, uh, when I press the shutter, I'm actually tensing on my muscles and holding the camera still, uh, perfectly still, and I hold my breath um, out of my body and I hold my breath for every 
time I press the shutter and it's actually an incredibly physical um, thing. Uh, but I think it's a big but. Uh, on top of that, I'm exhausted afterwards. I, I'm absolutely shattered um, from being in that uh, creative mode. And it doesn't matter whether I'm sitting at my computer uh, writing or uh, uh, working on artworks, whether I'm, I'm printing them out, uh, making uh, scarves or um, greeting cards or whatever it is that I'm physically making, or wandering through the bush, uh, it's exhausting. It's absolutely exhausting. Uh, and uh, sleep is a, a very important part of it. Though there is... Uh, an alternative view on this, and I think it's uh, important to, to mention that, that there is a, a, a lovely little creative edge when uh, you're a little bit tired and stressed and, and a little bit exhausted. And uh, I've found this uh, throughout my life, that those moments uh, when... Oh, I'm just going to backpedal one little bit here... Uh, when I am a, a little bit tired and stressed, I am actually have discovered that I'm more sensitive to things and I, I'm, I'm, I become hypersensitive, hyper aware of things going on around me. And uh, honestly, I find I actually teach a lot better in that state uh, uh, because I'm uh, super, super sensitive to the needs of others. Now, whether that's a creative thing or not, I, I'm, I'm going to have to put my thinking cap on, on, on that. Uh, but uh, in, that, in the art of teaching, uh, I've actually found that to be uh, not something that I ever want to put myself into. And uh, the moments that I've actually accidentally ended up in that situation, uh, I've found that I have been... Um, uh, just having that that lovely little mix of just being on edge enough to be quite helpful in the creative act. This just shows that just because we say get sleep or be a little tired doesn't mean that this is like across the board, right? And so for everyone, it's going to obviously look a, it's going to look different because we're all unique individuals, right? Mm -hmm. And and we've said this before too um, that all of this you can't do all of it, um, but these are just things you can try. Maybe get your maybe you are a little tired and see what happens. Maybe you do go on more walks and you know see what happens and keep the keep that um, that passion for your creativity flowing, right? So uh, you have one more thing, Lynn. I was I, I want to reinforce that that there is no roadmap. To being a creative, there, there, there isn't a. Uh, you do this, and you suddenly are going to become more creative. I, I firmly believe that we have to figure out what works for us individually, and uh, figuring out how we work as a creative. Uh, the more time you spend figuring out how you work and then uh, adapting your life to enhance that and actually celebrate it and make that happen, the more effective you can be as being a creative. So it's a, it's a matter of self-understanding and, and not searching for one answer. And uh, I think Bree and I both agree on this, that by giving uh, uh, and discuss, giving you 
and discussing together all these different options that we're, we're hoping to, to broaden the palette, uh, what could possibly that you could do, and uh, uh, offer um, suggestions. And it's a matter of trying things and going, oh, uh, that one works, that one doesn't, this one's me, that one isn't me, uh, and this picture of who you are slowly unfolds and uh, so much of this is in the mind. It's becoming comfortable with who we are and the way that we love to work, isn't it? Yeah, and really listening to ourselves and what resonates with us, too. So, mm. um, yes, amen to all of that. <laughs> um, <laughs> so some other things you can do. Um, I actually think it's fun to shake things up. Um to put myself in new surroundings. Obviously, I talked about scuba diving, but um, like even whatever your art is, you can do it in a new place. You can go to a new place. You can put yourself in new surroundings. If you're a chef, you can go to a different kitchen. Whatever, whatever it is, you can put yourself in new surroundings, and that maybe will give you also new ideas, but kind of a fresh way to look on look at things. Um, I actually love as a photographer. I love going solo being solo in the environment, but I also love going with people because I get to see how they work and, um, and their way of looking at things. And maybe I'm like, oh, that's a way I've never thought of before. And so, and then I get to look in myself and think, maybe I want to try it that way. Maybe I don't, um, but it is an option for the future. So those kind, you know, those kinds of things, maybe, you know, do your art with some people, maybe collaborate with someone like Len and I are doing here, right? Like you can have groups, right? You can have groups of people that get together and, and, um, and are doing all our creative things together. I'm thinking, I mean, obviously we're photographers, but I'm thinking like workshops. Um, oh, well, or, that's what, uh, having yeah. someone, being someone who runs workshops all the time uh, and tours in, uh, creatives turn up uh, to one, go to a, 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 a new place with someone that uh, knows about it, but also to uh, be immersed with other creatives at the same time and uh, to let that uh, spirit of cooperation and uh, maybe it's even a little bit of competition for some uh, um, swell up and actually be part of that. And uh, they use that as a way to be creative. So they book in by actually going on holidays or on tours or workshops or trips, um, times in their life to, to set aside to be creative. It's uh, one of the foremost reasons why people come and do those particular things. Well, I remember taking a class, a watercolor class, um, maybe seven, six, seven years oh, ago Watercolors now. are my favorite painting I, medium. <laughs> Me too, but I don't really know how to do them. <laughs> I just wanted to try uh, something new. I really did. And it was fascinating being with a group of other people. So I was A, trying something new. And I was also with a group of other people who were uh, so many different skill levels combined with an instructor. And that was a really fascinating place to be, to hear the conversation and see how you just see it and even just witness um, what everyone else was doing. And so that, that kind of 
that kind of work is really also very interesting to me. Um, <laughs> One of the things, so my husband is actually, well, was in marketing. That's a long story. You don't want to hear that. But um, <laughs> uh, one, of, one of the things he talks about, he calls it idea storming. Well, he calls it question storming, but it's really like um, having way more, so many more ideas than you actually think you need. Like if you're trying to puzzle something out and, and um, figure something out creatively, because sometimes we just want to be creative in general. And sometimes we actually want to solve something and like have an idea for something that we can't piece together kind of how it goes. Right. And so, um, one idea is to, uh, generate more ideas than you actually think you need and be absurd. That's what he says. So shout out to my husband. He says, be totally absurd. The most absurd things, you just come up with them and then you can kind of weed them out because chances are you just come up with as many as you can in the most absurd ways and you may come up with something really amazing. So, um, so I have a quote here. It says, people who are able to generate a lot of ideas, good and not so good, and we get to be the the deciders on what that looks like are much more likely to have a couple of brilliant ideas hidden in the mix than those who only come up with a couple of ideas to begin with. So let's not limit ourselves, right? Block out time for free writing or thinking because we don't want to write, right, Lynn? We just want to think. <laughs> we, can av- we put that in our avoidance list. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> right. So block out time for free writing and come up with as many ideas around a problem as your brain can generate, even if they seem silly. Since creative people are prolific idea generators, amen, yes, we are, remember that we typically have more misses than hits. So it doesn't matter. You just come up with so many ideas and chances are you're going to find something in there that like is like oh my gosh i never never in a million years would have thought that if i hadn't have been just brainstorming all these all these different ideas have you had any experience with that len uh lots and uh, i have to agree with it wholeheartedly and i i believe in this so much we have so many ideas that are dead ends we have some that we, we, we have and they sit there and, and we never come back to them. Uh, this, this concept that we need more than we actually, um, we'd have to generate more. We have to have more ideas than we actually are capable uh, of bringing into place is absolutely huge. And I, I, we, I think we could spend hours on this as, a, as an idea by itself because uh, you're exactly right. With uh, well, that quote is exactly right. That you need lots of them to pick out the the good ones. We're cherry picking out uh, the best ones um, to to actually bring into fruition. And uh, how do we know whether they're any good? Is by actually starting them, trialing them, experimenting. Uh, uh, it's very much about play, isn't it? In, the, in here as well. The more I- that we have of them. Uh, the easier it is uh, to keep motivated and uh, to keep working on them. Like there's, a, there's always another one to dive back into because it's just sitting there, and there's always more coming. I, th- I think that as you get into practice of generating them, uh, they keep flowing, and then they keep coming mm-hmm. out. 
Yeah, it Very is about, so. and this is one of the things that we also put on our list was keep doing it, right? And and it, that is, I think that goes along with having the new, having all of these new ideas, some that we do, some that we don't. And I don't think we need to put any pressure on ourselves that we need to do any of the ideas that we think up. Um, just having them actually keeps our brains going. So, and, and then that in combined with just keep doing our art, right? I mm-hmm. think sometimes we just have to keep doing it. You know, like, uh, like I actually schedule time because I, I figure with life, sometimes our regular lives get in the way. And unless I just decide and schedule some time that I'm going to go walk or I'm going to visit a new park or whatever it is, that, that I actually won't go out and do it. So that is how I personally keep myself doing my work. I also leave myself open to serendipity. Like that's not a problem. Like, and I love that part. Um, it's my favorite, but I also like putting myself in situations where, um, where I can go and be creative on purpose. Like this is, I'm going to go do this. And so whatever it is that you do, you can totally figure out how to schedule time for yourself to keep to keep yourself moving in that direct in your creative direction, you also need uh, to figure out a method to record all these ideas, don't you? Mm-hmm. And to to keep a track of them. And uh, the tried and true one. And uh, Julia Cameron talks about uh, this in her book, The Artist's Way, as well. Is journaling. Uh, actually writing them down. And it, it actually started as a creative habit uh, bef- uh, when I was a teenager. Uh, I used to buy, um, actually, my favourite photographer's Peter Dombrovskis um, diary. And uh, each day had a, a blank square in it. And it was quite a large blank square. And one week was spread over a, a double page. And uh, I started actually making ideas in there and uh, uh, creating records of what I was doing and uh, uh, thoughts, collecting quotes, cutting out photographs and sticking them in there. This is in the before the internet. Uh, it became uh, this visual diary. <laughs> and then slowly that morphed into a blank book. And now I actually spend a, a great deal of time selecting my visual diaries Um and uh, I have a whole shelf of them. Actually, I'm on my second shelf now, and they, they keep going. They have drawings in them. They have thought ideas. They have, uh, I write down my dreams. Uh, uh, it, it's a journal. It's a place to, to whinge to. It's a, it's a private place to explore. And in there, there's way, way more ideas than I can possibly ever fit into my lifetime. And uh, part of that process is sorting through. And it's fascinating. The act of writing doesn't mean I need to actually go back and read it again. And this is absolutely fascinating. People think that when we're journaling, it's something about going back and keeping that record so you can read it years later or weeks later. Uh, No, for me, it's actually a place to sort them out and to clarify them and to see which ones have legs. And, do you know, the good ones, Brie, they, they surface up out of there, in, out of mm-hmm. my memory, 
without me going back and rereading, uh, and I, I work on them. And, of course, there's the ones that aren't any good too that uh, don't make it back out of there. <laughs> and well, that's, I think that's part of it, isn't it? Yeah, I like to doodle and take notes and stuff like that. And I I just think that there's something about writing it down. It's the the act of, like, actually physically doing that that actually that – puts it on our brains and imprints it on our brains and um, there is some science behind that um, and 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 then our minds and then we can recall it the ones that are really important our brains will actually recall for us when I feel like it will recall it for me when it's time and so I think that's really an interesting phenomenon so um, yeah so write down all your crazy ideas and things that you're working on right and and do the journaling for sure that keeps your creativity going too oh, definitely definitely does okay one that sounds counterintuitive <laughs> is just to be bored <laughs> <laughs> like legitimately and and I am going to add it because I had on this too um, fast from technology for a day and I feel like I would kind of be bored if I didn't have my phone <laughs> and so I mean uh, for sure I've lived without my phone for a whole day but if we can put ourselves and I think this is also this is in um, a steel like an artist isn't it the be bored Oh, I can't remember actually. In, uh, to be honest, yeah, Austin Austin Kleon's book, uh, "Steal Like an Artist." I think he talks about being bored, and and that is actually a really amazing way to foster, um, to continue to foster creativity is just to allow ourselves to actually do nothing, because mm. our brains, our brains always want to be doing something. So when we actually say, no, we're not going to do anything, our brain will find new things to do, <laughs> right? And so, um, and maybe that's part of like, I wouldn't say meditation is boring, but I would say being bored is kind of like clearing your mind. So maybe meditation has a space in there a little bit too, um, that we're opening up a space for... Um, where we're not actually doing anything, where we're not actually like, maybe we're not walking, maybe we're not on purpose thinking anything, and we're just allowing creative ideas to come in, you know, mm. to, you know, you know, just to, to flow into us. I'm going to have to add that to my list, um, Brie, because I, I was thinking about being bored and uh, as taking a break or, or, or quitting oh. for a while or, or, or letting something be fallow um, while it heals rather than actually intentionally um, uh, setting out to be bored. So I'm going to give that one a go and, and see what it happens. Uh, I think when I close my eyes and I allow myself to, to play uh, in my mind, uh, I might end up in quite a similar state uh, as Possibly. that. Uh, yeah. But I, I also... Uh, um, struggle with my phone <laughs> and this, uh, new <laughs> media and, Come on. <laughs> and social media and all those sort of things and uh, putting it down or turning it off for a period of time and uh, uh, learning to live without it has actually uh, been an incredibly healthy step um, mm -hmm. in regaining some of that space back in my life for creativity. 
Yeah. Mm, bored. I, I I'm going to put that on my list, Brie. Th- yes, do it. See, see, we're still learning. We're still learning from each other. Yes, I think I need to have a regular like phone fast. It, it, my husband cannot listen to this because <laughs> so, so, he'll hold me to it. Um, but I let's go back to what you were talking about is like the quitting part. And we're not actually talking about quitting. We're just actually just talking about stopping what you're doing. And I think this is totally... Uh, a way to keep our creativity going is by not doing it. And that sounds really strange. Do you want to explain how you think that works, Len? Because I have some ideas too. Uh, well, you need uh, space to resolve things. Uh, one of the articles I've written uh, talks about how time is uh, one of the the great answerers <laughs> when we have these questions, uh, uh, you know, particularly about aesthetics, um, uh, which is something us creatives are, are, are totally obsessed with uh, aesthetics. Um, we need time to to find that answer. We have to sit with things, and and I find that when I give my work a huge amounts of time, my feelings and emotions change and shift with it. So uh, by building, giving a, a break, uh, a time away, letting things sit, um, quitting, uh, and then picking them back up at a, at a later date, uh, magic has happened in the meantime. And I find that this happens so, so consistently in my life that magic happens when I give things time that the answers become obvious and uh, uh, my feelings uh, emerge really, really clearly with them. Just as a, a really practical example, Brie, uh, I, I print my photograph out and I've got a board here in my studio and, and I sit it on the board and I just leave it there. And I don't decide I've got to finish that tomorrow. No, I just sit it there and I walk past it over and over for months. And sometimes I go up and I've, I've made my mind up and I suddenly pick the, pay, the artwork up and I rip it up and throw it away. <laughs> Other times I, I walk over to it and um, I'll suddenly sign it and emboss it and say it's finished. And then there are the other times where I go, oh, that just needs this. And I'll go back and uh, uh, that's when I'll rip up that one as well um, and uh, make an adjustment and, and print it out again and then sign it and emboss it. So there you uh, go. these feelings for my own work change and shift. Uh, it's like a, my body and my mind has to catch up uh, with the artwork. Uh, if my intuition and my inner self uh, has a, a big part in making it, uh, and I believe that it's quite a fair bit ahead of our conscious selves. Uh, we need a bit of time for our rational um, thinking, conscious part of ourselves to catch up with that new thinking, that, that new way of communicating, that, that new artwork, that new creative act that time gives us. So uh, I reframe that to uh, uh, giving things time, let them lay fallow for a while, let them uh, see how you feel about them over a period of time and then come back to them. Uh, And that's where we started today about talking, for me, Mm -hmm. that's about waves. 
uh, waves of intense creativity and uh, a, a wave of um, quietude. Uh, and in that time, I'm doing other things. So living a full creative life um, doesn't mean that my waves of enthusiasm and energy uh, uh, Wayne. just come for, for, <laughs> for life. Uh, some of them are, uh, you know, my, my, my enthusiasm for walking one week might be higher and my um, enthusiasm for um, being out and taking photographs might be lower that week. And then uh, I might have a burst of writing and that's a different week. So they're not all in sync um, and I'm not suddenly um, suddenly bored with my life or, or um, everything stops. Um, there's, uh, I'm riding different waves of what is actually interesting and learning to become an artist has, has honestly been a journey of learning to follow um, my feelings about and uh, how things are going. And often the answer just comes from your feelings. Oh, today I should be doing this. And how, yeah. how many of us actually have time in our lives to follow what we should be doing today? Uh, I think that that's uh, an incredible blessing that I have in my life where I, I, I can uh, sometimes, not all the times, but yeah, right. I can follow um, my feelings on things. But, you know, even with all of us living all of our, you know, regular non-professional photographer lives, um, we can have those moments where we think, oh, I should do that. I need to act on that and then go act on that. Because I think that's, I think that's telling our, telling our creative brains, yes, thank you so much. This is the intuition that I'm having and I'm giving into this and I'm, I'm allowing myself, um, you know, the, the, um, the, the space and time to do that. And so trying, I think, I think it is sometimes can be really important to fit that in. And um, in addition to this, we're, when we're talking about like quitting or kind of letting it lay low, I think it's kind of like, it could be kind of like fasting where we put it aside and kind of let the energy and the desire to be creative build until oh, we absolutely <laughs> love well, it. Love it. What a beautiful this is a metaphor. creative affair, right? It's but gorgeous. but <laughs> letting this desire build until we can't stand it anymore, and we absolutely have to do it, and not just kind of doing it halfway, but really then allowing ourselves to go full force into it, right? And so sometimes that could be a way just to, just saying, you know what, I'm not going to do any this week and see what happens mm. like and, maybe uh, <laughs> maybe look, that passion for it will actually build on itself i don't know <laughs> you're by doing that um when it comes back with that much force you know it's right don't you yeah uh, you, when, when you have to do something that's that's that moment of pure bliss and excitement that it's right for you uh, and uh that, that's the one that you have to follow Absolutely, yes. Brie. And uh, right. fasting is a, is a lovely because we're, when we're fasting, our body's healing. Right. It's so building it up something. energy sometimes, Yeah, sometimes we just need a rest and let it build back up. 
So, mm. so mm. let's do one last one. Oh, which one are we going to do, Bree? Have you got your eye on one there? Oh, yeah. You can't take my last one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, somehow I knew that was going to be your answer. <laughs> Is that why that last one is in bold letters too, I bet? <laughs> well, <laughs> well, this this is, we, we already said, the last one actually on our list is keep doing it. But the one I want to say is oh, just okay. do something weird. Come on, <laughs> go crazy. Really go like do some weird stuff. Go create something just super weird. Like, throw stuff together you would have never done before. Try something you're never going to try, you never thought you would try before. That And this is partly the play. Um, but I have here, whatever you do to get unstuck or re-inspired, why not exercise a little imagination, have a little fun, and risk being weird. Just be weird. I I just I just love that. So many times people think creatives are are these like weird people and we kind of are. I've always thought of myself as a weird person and I love that. I love being strange, love being different. And I just want to like live into that and just surprise people with some weird stuff. Like this is my new weird stuff. I'm just trying that out. I'm going to see how that works. And um, but I, I think it can be refreshing too, just just to kind of take the risk and not care what anyone thinks. And here's what I'm going to say. This does not have to be in your regular art. Like seriously, go like do like take a video of yourself doing something weird. Like um go uh uh <laughs> Like take a drawing do, class. Yeah, like no, I don't know. Is that weird? Go. Do, your brain will think of what's weird, but maybe nothing pertaining to your own art. Go do some weird stuff. I don't swear. Len does. You can say it. <laughs> <laughs> but I just think that's fun, and it keeps me feeling fresh and like reinvigorated, just to like surprise people and just like. Do some weird things. I've, I've had mm. it before. Like, Brie, you are so weird. Yeah, I am. And I love it. It's so fun. <laughs> <laughs> it's, Sorry it's if been that a, was that. It's been a lifelong uh, goal to be um, eccentric, Brie, and uh, <laughs> uh, unique. Uh, something yeah. that I strive for. And I actually, I, I get upset with myself when I find that I'm actually uh, so similar to everybody else <laughs> in some ways. And uh, uh, it is such a, a special thing. And and being weird and, and, and doing things out on the edge, um, come. it's almost like our scuba diving where we started again today. Mm -hmm. uh, these new experiences, um, they change us. And uh, uh, they... They help things happen. Uh, I've, I've mentioned this in a previous episode, but I'm going to mention it again. I put down um, my art as a, um, a visual artist, as a photographer for a, a seven to ten year period in my life. And uh, I was still creative because I was a teacher in that time. And uh, when I picked it back up, I immediately was doing better art than when I put it down and something magical was actually happening at that same time, that the time that I wasn't doing things and I was doing uh, some of those other weird things. Uh, I went and lived in another country for three years. Uh, uh, I taught 
people um, how to teach in a in a different language, like uh, experiences. I I went to all these different places in the world, and uh, one day I picked up my camera, and uh, I couldn't put it down again. So when I picked it up after that break, uh, I knew that I uh, that was my direction. And uh, so I think I was healing in a lot of that time and I had to go and experiment and, and, and see what was doing. So uh, uh, there's so many, so many of these points that we're talking about uh, actually illustrated with real-life examples in, in both of our lives. And uh, hopefully that's what we can do through this po- podcast is to share, share those antidotal um, stories uh, that illustrate these points that we know work so well, uh, not only having experienced it for ourselves, but luckily because we both work with people, um, with our clients, and we actually get to see what works for one person and what uh, doesn't work for someone else and what works for them. And uh, that's what helped builds up such a, a rich repertoire of ideas on how to keep the romance alive. Agreed. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I have a quick question before we finish up, and that is, if you try any of these things, what is the worst thing that could happen? And if you tried them, what's the best thing that could happen? So if you want to keep that romance alive, you can think about these things, like just by trying them, is there a downside to any of it? And really, what could be the best outcome from just trying some of them? So, mm. yeah, wonderful. I, I, I think uh, some of us, as a you know, that have a, suffer a little bit of anxiety or depression, um, uh, what's the worst thing that could happen? Um, nothing. Uh, if we're talking about an artwork uh, and making something creative. Uh, if we reframe that as to it becomes another beautiful learning experience uh, and it's uh, one of the thousands of ideas that we have to have that doesn't work, um, then uh, the obvious, the best thing that could happen is that we find the one that is going to work for us uh, and is going to be really special. And I don't actually have to ask that question, what is the best thing that could happen? Uh, I, I know that by being experimental and I have to concentrate on uh, making sure I'm taking the risks because uh, I I know that when the reward comes, it's going to be good. Uh, And that's something that I'm I'm blessed with because I've been doing this um, creative life for my whole life. So um, for me, that's that's my little issue, Bree, that you've nailed there. What's the worst thing that could happen? (laughs) Well, How did I know? um, Uh, I I could uh, uh, find out the best thing that could possibly happen. (laughs) True. I like that. I like Mm. it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Brie, what another inspiring conversation. (laughs) I feel so inspired. I, I love sharing this with our listeners and with you. Uh, it's it's so much fun in, in 
catching up together and uh, recording these. And I hope our enthusiasm and, and the joy that we both share in making them actually comes across to others. And uh, hopefully uh, these become uh, helpful learning experiences for people. And uh, remember what we said today, just drop into them randomly. Uh, and whatever captures your attention, follow it rather than, um, you know, trying to, to, to search for logic in it because uh, you might just stumble into the one little idea that um, uh, is the inspiration for you. So uh, we, we love to finish on a few questions. Um, so how do you keep the romance alive? Hmm. And I, I think we're only just scratching the surface here. This mm -hmm. is a, a subject that we're going to return to uh, in different guises and probably under little specialty areas uh, through, throughout our future programs. So we encourage you to tell us uh, what keeps your romance alive because we missed so much. And we're really fascinated to find out what it is that works for you. So please tell us. Um, and uh, uh, why don't you uh, write to us and tell us? What a wonderful thing to do. So you can do that um, by write, emailing at us at uh, create at a creative affair podcast.com. And we also encourage you to take up and continue this conversation with other creatives, uh, whatever that creative uh, endeavour shall be. Now, uh, Brie, I'm not a professional photographer. <laughs> Are you That's sure? a label I, I push over there. I'm not even a professional artist because I, I don't make money out of my art. I'm actually a, a professional teacher. And I'm a professional art teacher specifically, and I'm in the business of, of personal development for creatives. True. Um, do you know, my whole life didn't come together uh, until I combined these two great loves, uh, a love of art, uh, a love of photography, and a love of teaching. Uh, and uh, that was uh, over 20 years ago uh, when I started Lens School. Uh, my first real break is when I um, had dreamt up, a, and teaching is a, such a creative um, passion, uh, when I dreamt up a, one particular class called my master class. Uh, it was so successful that they, the graduates of the first year, it was a year-long course in photography and creativity. Uh, it was so successful that the first six people told all their friends, and the next year I had about 20 students and I could retire. So I retired from a job in vocational education in the government and I became a full-time teacher at Lens School. And so combining my passions together uh, led me to a life that I have today. And uh, teaching uh, creativity gives me freedom to be totally creative for myself. And uh, uh, that's something we should talk about at another time. But uh, that's my secret is that I make money doing what I uh, love and I have uh, creative freedom to produce whatever it is that I do. Um, well. I know. It's beautiful. <laughs> and I, I've been kind of the same situation, not a situation, but I feel the same about my life, that all the things that I've done, 
um, in my life up until now have led to this um led to me being personally uh, really satisfied with what I'm doing. And as, uh, you know, <laughs> I'm doing all kinds of things, but specifically as a coach for creatives, which I love, it is one of my passions. I love helping people. And I actually take a holistic approach to helping my clients um, and in myself too. I self-coach myself and I also do this for my clients. Um, I help my clients achieve their dreams for their art, their businesses, and even their personal lives. So you can go to creative www.creativemindscoach.com. You could sign up for a discovery call and let's chat. I can actually help you make a plan to unlock your potential and achieve your creative dreams. It's a fabulous way to live. So before we go, we just want to say, Len and I, that we've appreciated all who have reached out and engaged with us and shared our conversations with other creatives. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And as always, links to all the things that we talked about are in the show notes today. Um, and uh, you can go to, as Len said, a creativeaffairpodcast.com and you can subscribe. You can sign up for our um, newsletter and you can see all of our episodes there. So that's it. Len, I know you'll be Great. keeping the romance alive in your own art. We've been wanting to do this one for a while. <laughs> so until, have. right? So until next time, bye. Goodbye. Goodbye.